0: And I believe I have a word in my heart today that will encourage your heart and that you will leave this place stronger than before you came in. In Galatians chapter 6 verse 7, it says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. How many of you know that there is a law in the Word of God called the law of seed time and harvest? This does not just have to do with finances, but this has to do with our actions every day. You know, how many of you know if you sow some kindness, you're going to reap some kindness? If you sow some love, you're going to reap some love. Now, if you sow strife, you're going to reap confusion. And so I think that we need to be very aware of what kind of seeds are we sowing on a regular basis. Amen? It's so easy to sow words of faith and words of love. It's just a matter of training yourself to be a blessing. And saying every day, Lord, make me a blessing. Amen? Amen? Well, Pastor Mark, I haven't been sowing the right kind of seeds. Well, that's easy. Repent. Ask for forgiveness. Repent. Make a change and pray for crop failure. Amen? I've done that a few times. You know, I've caught myself being critical and maybe a little bit carnal. Those aren't the kind of seeds you want to have in your life. So what you do is you ask for forgiveness. You repent. You turn the other way. Amen? Amen? And so, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Now, notice the next verse. It goes on to say, For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap what? Life. Life everlasting. Now, here's what I want you to see. And be not weary, let us not be weary in well-doing. Now, what this is saying, if you are sowing good seeds in your life, you're doing well. As a husband, if you are loving your wife as Christ loves the church, you are doing well. Wives, if you are reverencing your husband, admiring him, preferring him, yea, even cooking for him, you're doing really well. So don't, don't, don't be weary well-doing. If you've been serving God with all of your heart and with all of your might, and you haven't quite tapped into harvest time, you know what? God knows when and where and how and who to bring your harvest. You know, you're doing well. Just, just chill out. Don't get into a, a bunch of religious uh, treadmilling, if you will, trying to impress God and all those things. No. If you're sowing good seeds, you're doing well. Amen? Now, notice he not only says this, he said, Don't be weary in well doing, for in due season we shall reap. Say it with me, I shall reap. I shall reap. But now, notice the condition. The condition is if we faint. Not. It is the tendency of human nature to faint before harvest time. It is the onslaught and the attack of the enemy to tell you, you will never receive your harvest. Here you've been sowing good seeds, here you've been serving, here you've been given, here you've been being a blessing, and nothing good ever happens to you. The mere fact that He tells you nothing good ever happens to you tells me that something good, something good is about to happen for all of us. Good things are on the way from our good guts. So don't be weary. See, all you've got to do is keep your heart happy. All you've got to do is make sure that you don't allow yourself... To become faint hearted or to grow weak. In Proverbs, it says, you know, if we faint in the day of adversity, our strength is small, okay? But if we don't faint in the day of adversity, our strength is great. Now, I believe one of the major keys to not becoming faint hearted and growing weary is to keep your spiritual life strong. See you are a spirit. You live in a physical body. And you have a mind, a will and emotional makeup as well. Say with me, I'm a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a physical body. Now I want you to see this verse from Proverbs chapter 18 verse 14 and I want to look at it from the amplified version. I believe I've got the right verse. I believe it says this, that the spirit of man will sustain his infirmity. And that's what the King James Version says. But I like how the Amplified says it in Proverbs 18, 14. It says that the strong spirit, the strong spirit of a man will sustain him or see him through. Or cause him to come over any adversity or any infirmity or any ability in the natural to produce results in and of ourselves. It is the strong spirit, not the weak spirit. You see, it is the strong spirit of a man that sustains him in a time of bodily pain or even trouble that comes weariness that comes to your soul the stronger you are in your spirit man the more you will be able to deflect the lies of the enemy that's telling you you'll never reap your harvest the strong spirit of a man will sustain him in a time of adversity now if your spirit can be strong your spirit can be weak just like your physical body right How many of you guys work out? It's about three of you. How many of you ladies work out? Guys, the ladies beat us again. Okay, so men and women, all human beings are given a set of muscles. You can do something with those muscles and develop them and get strong, or you can just become a couch potato. It's your choice. It's your decision. I'm not criticizing you becoming a couch potato, but just be ready for seasons of flabbiness. (laughs) So just like your body can be weak, or your body can be strong, your spirit can be weak, or your spirit can be strong. When a person is weak physically, they're not able to lift. They're not able to run. They become tired very quickly. Well, you see, God's will is for us to be strong. But not strong in ourselves. Strong in the Lord. And in the power of His might. He has mighty power. He has made power available to all of those that are in that season of sowing, in between sowing and reaping. So if you will not faint in a day of adversity, you're doing well. If you will stay strong, you will surely reap if you faint not. Now, how do I keep my spirit strong? Well, you feed on God's word. You feed on his faithfulness. How many of you have a Bible? How many of you have two Bibles? How about three Bibles? How about four Bibles? You ought to be real strong. You ought to be really well fed. I know how you are. You got to... You got a Bible on the coffee table. You got a Bible near the nightstand. You got a Bible in the bathroom. I mean, it's Bible here, Bible there, Bible everywhere. The key is to get the Bible that's everywhere in you. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Amen. You know, there's something about the Word of God that just builds you up like nothing else. I like what you know Paul said to uh, in the Book of Acts. He says, "Now I commend you to God." And to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. The word is able to build you up. The word is able to strengthen your spirit. And to give you an inheritance. Oh man, if there is ever a day where you and I needed to be strong, it's the day in which we live. We serve a God who's good, but there's an enemy that's bad. And in the last days, the Bible says that perilous times will come. You do not want to be weak in the midst of difficult times. You want to be strong so that you can overcome the difficulties that are all around you. I know that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world is true. But that's got to become a reality in your life. And you must be strengthened with that revelation so that when difficulty and trouble comes, it will not overcome you. What I'm saying is simply this. is You've got to have strength to come over and to overcome. And so the word will strengthen you. That's why I'm a large proponent and a strong proponent at speaking the word. See, man should not live by bread alone. But by every word, and that word there is rhema or spoken word. Man will not live by bread alone, but by every spoken word that comes out of the mouth of God. And so this word will make you strong. You know what else will strengthen you? Communion with God. Communion with God. I've never gone into the presence of God and went away feeling weak and whipped and defeated. You know, Jesus said something I think that's important here. He said in Luke 18, I said that men ought to pray everywhere and not go, grow faint. Let's look at that, Luke 18, 1. Say with me, I'm strong. I'm strong in the Lord. And the power of His might. Wow. I feel his strength coming on me right now. Ooh, thank you, Lord. I feel his strength strengthening you right now. In Luke 18, one, it says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray. And what? So here's another key to being strong in the day of adversity and strengthening your spirit is up, up is being a prayer. Spend time in prayer. Spend time fellowshipping and communion with God. Spend time talking to Him. How many of you have been filled with the Holy Spirit? With the Bible evidence of speaking in other tongues. Did you know that speaking in other tongues is a way and a means that God has given you to charge your spiritual batteries up? He said in 1 Corinthians 14 2, If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth but my understanding is unfruitful. He said, if I pray in an unknown tongue, he says, I'm edifying, I'm building my spirit up. Look at Jude 20 in the Amplified Version, if you would. Jude 20. Now, let me ask you this on the way over there. How many of you are believing God for a harvest? Now, Brenda grew up on a farm, and I know a little bit about her story because I've only been married to her for 36 years but I know one thing for sure when harvest time hit they had to be ready to go reap the harvest that's why those men were well fed because you never knew when they'd come back into the farmhouse and eat again they had to be well fed in other words they had to have strength to reap the harvest see it's one thing to sow but it's another thing to reap Sowing is part of the picture, but reaping is another part of the picture. And in order to reap, you've got to know where to reap. You've got to know when to reap, but you've got to be strong enough to put the sickle in and reap the harvest. And so that is why, as a pastor, I constantly encourage people to keep their spirit man charged up. Because there are so many things that try to bring us down, right? So let me ask you this. How many of you are believing for harvest? You know what? That's all of you. So what that tells me is all of you should be doing what I'm telling you to do today. Amen. Jude 20, Amplified Version. Men ought always to pray and not faint. Well, in the Amplified Version of Jude 20, it says this. But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, rise higher and higher, building yourself up, rising like an edifice... By praying in the Holy Ghost. So there is a building up. There is a strength that comes when we spend time in prayer. And we spend time praying in the Spirit. Isn't that awesome? That's Jude verse 24. Not chapter 1. But it's Jude verse 24. Let's read it together. But you beloved, build yourselves up. Founded on your most holy faith. Make progress, rise like an edifice, higher and higher, doing what? Now keep this up here just for a moment. Notice with me, the Holy Spirit is involved, but also the Word is involved. Because it says, build yourselves up, but the foundation is, it's on your faith or on the Word of God. And as you build yourself up, that word that you've let dwell in you richly will become alive in you. And the Spirit of God will quicken you. And the Bible says you will make progress. Is anybody against making progress? And you will rise like a building higher and higher and higher. God wants to take your life higher. He wants to do for you what you could never do for yourself. I'm telling you, he's just, listen, he's got oceans of goodness. He wants to pour out on your life. Oceans of goodness. Hallelujah. Now turn me over to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah the 40th chapter. Everyone say, Amen. Amen. Let the church say, Amen. Amen. Let the church say, Amen. Amen. Verse 28. Has thou not known? Has thou not heard? That the everlasting God, the same one who said you will reap if you faint not, The creator of the ends of the earth fainteth not, neither is weary, and there is no searching of his understanding. Now notice in verse 29. Notice this first part of that verse. He giveth poder. Poder. He giveth poder. He giveth power. Power. He gives power to the faint. Pastor, I came in so weak. I came in so faint. The good news is his power is here. To strengthen you. He said you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He said that he would strengthen you with might by his Holy Spirit in the inner man. He gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, He'll bring an increase of strength into your life. You know, it's wonderful to talk about increase and blessing you more and more in the financial area, and I believe in that. But I believe in a greater increase of strength for us in these last days. Listen, these are the last of the last days. And it's not a time for Pastor Mark to wimp out. It's not a time for this church to draw back. So we've accomplished a lot. Let's just, let's just kind of hold on to what we got. No, let's reach out. I mean, when we go to the finish line, I want our chest to be out like that. Carrying the torch of the gospel, the good news. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray that you strengthen everybody right now. Bring an increase of strength. An increase of strength into their bodies. An increase of strength into their hearts. An increase of strength into their minds, Lord. An increase of strength. To him that have no might, he increases strength. Now notice this in verse 30. This is interesting. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Now, what this tells me is this. This is not talking about natural strength or natural age. Your natural age has nothing to do with how strong you can be in the Lord. I know 80-year-olds and 90-year-olds that are stronger in the Lord than some teenagers are. So he said, now, it has nothing to do with age because even the youths, they're fainting. And even the young men, they're falling. But he says, they that wait upon the Lord. When he says wait upon the Lord, what he's literally saying is this. They that just behold Him. They that come before His presence and wait heart to heart and worship Him. Those that wait Upon the Lord. The scripture says. They shall renew their strength. The word renew there. In the Hebrew means to exchange. It literally means. When I wait on the Lord. And you wait on the Lord. There comes an exchange that takes place. What is that exchange? It is an exchange of your little strength. For his great strength. And the Bible says. That those that wait upon the Lord, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. I'm not looking at a congregation of turkeys. I'm not looking at a congregation of backslidden, backslidden buzzards. I'm not looking at a congregation of chickens that are in the barnyard just eking out a living. I'm looking at a church. Hallelujah. That's increasing in strength. That is spreading their wings, and they're soaring with eagles. Hallelujah. And even even eagles experience turbulence, do they not? They do. But what does an eagle do? An eagle just spreads that wing and lets the winds of adversity take them higher. Woo! Glory to God. And I have found this out. Then in times of adversity, when my strength has not been small, but when I've been strong in Him and the power of His might, that the winds of adversity have taken me to a higher place in God and have strengthened me and given me experience with Him. And He'll do the same thing for you. Look at your neighbor, dude. Say, He'll do the same thing for you. So, we will mount up with wings as eagles. We shall run... And not what? The Bible says that you and I are in a race. And in this race, we have people up in heaven that are cheering us on. And in this race that we're running, he says, get rid of sin. Lay aside the weights and run your race with patience all the while looking unto Jesus. And in this race, listen very carefully. Be considering Him at all times. Lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. That's found in that context of Hebrews chapter 12. We'll run. We'll not be weary. We shall walk by faith and not by sight. And we shall not faint. Keep your spirit strong. Look at another key with me in Psalm 27. And notice with me in verse 13. Psalm 27, verse 13. For which cause we faint not? Though the outward man perishes, the inward man's being renewed by day by day. When you keep your eyes on him, you won't perish. You won't be faint. In Psalm twenty seven, verse thirteen, this is really, really a powerful truth that I believe the Spirit of the Lord wants to get over to us here today in the next few moments. Psalm twenty seven, thirteen says, I would have fainted. David's saying, Look, I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living or in the land of my life. David said, there was so much going on in my life, I would have fainted. But I didn't faint because I believed. I believed. Do you believe today? Do you believe in a God that's able? Do you believe in a God that's willing? David, the Bible says, he would continually encourage himself in the Lord. He said, I had ample, ample, ample opportunity to fall out and to faint, but instead I chose to believe God. Now listen, friend, you can choose to believe God every day of your life. The Bible says that the just shall live by faith. That we are to conduct and to regulate our lives by faith. Amen. So what I'm encouraging you to do today for these last few moments is this, is to actively expect good things to happen in your life in the here and now. Say this with me. Many good things are about to happen to me. So I'm living in, and you should be living in then, a state of expectancy of good. Good. Now, the problem is, is many people, they're trained to believe the worst. Therefore, they speak the worst. And then they expect the worst. They'll say things like, man, I knew this was coming. You know, when it rains, it pours. I told you so. I knew that if things went good for a couple of weeks, sooner or later, all hell would break loose. Listen. Listen. Your washer going down is not all hell breaking loose. Your mother-in-law moving in is not all hell breaking loose. Selah. Well, now, Pastor Mark, you know, stuff just happens. We don't know Why? We just have to take the bad with the good. Where is that in the Bible? Give me, give, give me three confirming scriptures in the Bible. You can't think of them. You know why? Because it's not there. It's one step forward, two steps back. Man, I don't know about this government. They closed down. I, nah, nah, nah. I don't know about this. I don't know about that. You may not know about this, you may know and not know about that, but one thing you do know, you know that your God is good and you know what the word says. Amen. How how, how do you conduct yourself in a day of adversity? Do you feel sorry for yourself? Listen, you are not entitled to never being attacked. It's just part of the human experience. When we got home from Lima, Peru, our washing machine did break down. And we were tired. And I wasn't feeling well. But instead of going into our living room and sitting there and looking at each other, and asking one another, what deep sin is in your life that caused that washing machine to go down? I know something. What did you do? Hello? The washing machine broke down. Things break down, but you don't have to break down. Several things may be going wrong all at the same time, simultaneously. Things may break here, things may break there, but you cannot be broken because the strong spirit of a man sustains him in a time of adversity. So instead of going into the living room and, you know, picking our guts out, trying to figure out where we'd send, the man of God and the woman of God got in the car and went to the laundromat. I'm not too good to go to the laundromat. I became the leader of the laundromat. about a half hour. Then I left and worked out and she finished it up. (laughs) Listen guys, life happens, but you don't have to let it bring you down. You've come too far. God has gone to so much, so much, so much to lift you up. The Bible says he's raised you up together and made you sit together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You know, most people are just pretty much expecting the norm. They live on a low level of expectation. But I've got a question for you today. What could a good God do in your life if you believed him? What could God do for you? What could God do in your business? What could God do in your family? The truth of the matter is, is our heavenly Father. He responds to our faith, and He responds to our expectation. Turn me to Psalms thirty-one, verse nineteen. Psalms thirty-one, verse nineteen. When you get there, say, "I have it." Okay, that's not enough. I'll wait a moment. Psalm thirty-one, nineteen. Now we've all got it. Now, let's read this together. Verse 19. Ready, read. Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast worked for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. The NIV says, how abundant are the good things that you have stored up for those who fear you or who reverence you. What this is saying to you and me, ladies and gentlemen, is that God's got a storehouse of goodness laid up and stored up for your life. He does. A few writers said it like this, and I love the way they said it. That God has a great storehouse of goodness and glory and favor stored up for us. The writer said, goodness is that attribute of God that he loves to give all who can and will receive it. And he says, there is no limit to his giving except in our capacity to receive it. And then from this great book, Christ the Healer, F.F. Bosworth says this. Bosworth said, benevolence or goodness is that great attribute of God. Therefore, if you want to please him... Now, listen to this carefully. Remove all the obstacles out of the way of the exercise of his goodness. So, God is looking for receivers. Okay? And there are obstacles that are in our way oftentimes to keep us from receiving. Good news God didn't put them there, some just come. By an attack of the enemy. But others come by our own wrongdoing. Would it not be an obstacle in receiving good things from God if you were living a life of sin? I mean, if you were on the fence. You had one foot in God and one foot in the world. God's going to bless you. To the degree that he can bless you. But the Bible says that we who are in right standing with God are to live holy lives. And so would an unholy life be a hindrance in receiving the blessings? Now listen very carefully. And I believe God wants to center in on this one. I believe that in the body of Christ... The biggest obstacle in receiving, I mean, mucho, mucho more from God is a lack of faithfulness. I believe it with all my heart. A lack of being faithful is an obstacle that must be removed from our lives if we're going to receive from Him. Look at Proverbs chapter 28 verse 20. How many of you believe God with me right now? Don't get nervous in the service. This message turns out all right. Proverbs 28 verse 20. Notice with me it says this. That a faithful man shall what? A faithful man shall abound with blessings. That sounds like increase, right? Now notice this. A faithful man shall abound with blessings. In other words, a faithful man shall receive more blessings. But he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. Now I'm going to look it up in a couple other translations. You just listen. You listen so good. In Young's literal translation, it says this. A steadfast man has multiplied blessings. But whoso is in a hurry to be rich shall not be acquitted. The NIV says... A faithful person will be richly blessed, but one eager to get rich will not go unpunished. The easy to read translation says, people who can be trusted will have many blessings, but those who are just trying to get rich in a hurry will be punished. I've got to say to you as a pastor, beware of the one big deal that's going to set you up for life. Beware of sheep, and, uh, of wolves in sheep clothing. Beware of the lotto mentality. Listen, I know people that have lost not a thousand, but thousands of dollars investing in things that someone sold them a bill of goods on, saying that if you invest this amount today, you'll have this amount in six months. And the amount that they invested was completely gone. Beware of the one big deal. The complete Jewish version says, A trustworthy person will receive many blessings, but one rushing to get rich will not go unpunished. The easy to read says this. We already looked at that one. Listen very carefully. The blessing part is His part. The faithfulness part is our part. We want to focus too much on the blessing part. What we should be focusing on is on our part. What is our part? Our part is to be faithful. Listen, God never ever messes up or misses out on His part. As surely as you do your part, God will do His part. I'm going to say something that's very true. And it's very important that you listen carefully. Many simply don't qualify for more because they have not been faithful what they've already been given. We're not talking about keeping the law here. Let's just settle it right now. We're all blessed. But the truth of the matter is, is you can be more blessed. God can give you more responsibility. You can impact more lives. Your influence can be increased dramatically. And the Bible says that it is the faithful people that qualify for the more. Listen, it's not about me crying and pushing And demanding to come up to another level. Oh, God, take me to another level of increase and blessing. It's not about that. It's about do you qualify? Do I qualify? Listen, as far as money is concerned, God can move billions without picking up the phone. Can he? There's no shortage of, his, of ability on his side. Where there is a shortage in the body of Christ, and I'm not pointing fingers at anyone, but where there is a dramatic shortage in the body of Christ is in faithful people. In Luke chapter 16 and verse 10, and I'm going to read it from Woost. You can pull it up in the King James Version. It says, He who is faithful in very little... And therefore can be relied upon as faithful also in much. And he can also be relied upon there. I believe that's a great definition of the word faithful. Basically the word faithful simply means to be stable. To be steady. To be reliable. To be trustworthy or worthy of trust. The word faithful means dependable. When we're talking about faithful, we're talking about the nature and the character of God. Have you discovered that our God is utterly trustworthy? He is most reliable. He is worthy of all your trust. He's not a man that he should lie. God is faithful. Know ye therefore the faithful God which keepeth covenant unto a thousand generations. You know, when we've been faithless and when we've had a lack of faith, God remains faithful. God remains merciful. The Bible says even in a time of temptation, when we come into that situation where we're tempted beyond our ability, the scripture says, but our God is faithful. He will not suffer you to be tempted above your ability, but will will always with the the temptation provide a way out for you. Say it with me three times. God is faithful. God is faithful. Is Is your God faithful? Woo, glory. Is he completely reliable? But how about you? How about me? Have we been faithful? Could we be more faithful? Could we do better at keeping our word? Could we do better at keeping our spirit strong? Could we do better even in service in the house of the Lord? Could we do better when we say we're going to be there? We're going to be there. And not only just be there And do the job, but do it right. And do it with excellence. And do it with honor. Faithfulness is not just doing the job, faithfulness is doing the job the way you've been asked to do it. There's a big difference there. Oh, Lord. Let's look at the King James Version of verse 10 once again, real quickly. This is really, really important, guys. Luke sixteen ten, and the King James says that, let's read it together. Is 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 disease, is peace, so listen. How we handle, I include myself in this, how we handle what God has given to us, no matter how small or how large, really determines whether we'll ever be given more. How you handle five dollars. If he's going to add to us, we must be faithful right here, right now, with what we've been given, even though it might seem small. Well, I'm looking for something big to do, Pastor. I'm looking for something big to do. Okay, go clean the toilets. Go do this. Go do that. We're asking you to do this and do it this way. Oh, no, no, no. I want to sing a special. You'll never get on the platform unless you prove yourself faithful. The Bible says it is true that in a steward's life that he or she must be found faithful. 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 It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's normal for you to be in church. It's normal for you to roll your sleeves up and say, "I'm here to serve. What can I do for the King of Glory?" Yeah. Well, we're having a work day. We're going to cut down some trees. We're going to clean up after some homeless people. You can do that. Will you come join me? Oh no, I. I, I, I thought you might. I thought you might want me to go to the pastor's house and wash his car I don't even wash my car much less you are you getting my point some of you are some of you are not we're going to preach just a little while longer if he's going to add to us this includes Pastor Mark and Brenda Pastor Tom Kim, all of us all of us If he's going to add to us, we must be faithful right here and right now with what we've been given. If you value the little that he's given you and you honor it and you do it with excellence and you do it with honor, then you're a candidate for more. You're a candidate for increase. I believe this, that the size of what God has given us to do is not the issue. I know for one thing for sure. It's not about size. It's about our heart. God is looking at my heart. And God is looking at your heart. See, what you do, whether you realize it or not, what you do will carry weight in eternity it will have to do of what kind of responsibility you'll be given in the hereafter it's true it's so important whatever you would do and i would do with the little opportunity is showing our heart he's looking for people that will take a 5 dollar assignment seriously He's looking for people that will minister with everything they've got. That will be faithful to pray. Faithful to sow their time. Faithful to sow their talents. Faithful to sow their treasures. God is looking for receivers. And I'm telling you, it gives him great joy and great delight. When you and I say, yes, Lord. Whatever you say to me, I'm going to do it. When I started out preaching, I didn't start preaching out to three services on a Sunday and four a week and Brenda three services and four a week. We didn't start that way. We started with a handful of people. We started with two or three. But you know what? By God's grace, we were able to give it all we had. But I don't look at it as any different this day of October 20th, 2014, that I did in October 20th in 1977. We've got to go out to the kingdom of God and seek it with all of our heart and do everything that God has placed in our heart. i got a word for you today. Whatever He says to you, do it. And do it with excellence. And you know what? I'm fully persuaded That many of you already are, but many of you will. That as you step up and you step in to the plan of God, a faithful man shall abound with blessings. It's not just about confessing and praying and binding and loosing. It's about your heart. Whatever you treasure is where your heart is. If you treasure sports more than the house of God. There's an obstacle in your way. If you value and you treasure things more than you do his kingdom. That's an obstacle. Oh, but I believe. I believe. And I am persuaded of awesome things for this place. I believe that in the next days and in the next years. We're going to qualify individually and corporately for more. Greater responsibility. You know what happened in Lima, Peru just a couple of weeks ago? We all went there together. We were just simply representatives. And God blessed people's lives through your faithful giving, through your faithful praying. And here we are in the last of the last days with golden opportunities all around us. Did you know that the San Francisco Bay Area is a mission field? Amen. Did you know that it's a mission field? Amen. You look at around you at all the different nationalities just within this church here, it's a miracle. Amen. But you know what? God is going to take us to the mucho, mucho mas phase. He's going to take us to the more phase. By the grace of God, we're going to reach more Latino people than we ever reached before. By the grace of God, we're going to reach out and do even greater things. But it's not just about this church corporately. It's also about your life individually. Let me ask you a question. Do you want to see God do more for you? Do you want to see God do more in your family? Do you want to see God do more through your life? Then be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful. One of the most faithful men of God I have ever known in my life went on to be with the Lord the other day. I can remember going to St. Louis, Missouri, and hearing this man of God who had just flown their plane from California in front of thousands of ministers. And you would think, okay, there's thousands of ministers here. What great revelation laid on us, brother! Jesus is coming next week. The glory's going to fall. God's going to use us like Earl Roberts. Lay it on us, brother. The man of God got up to the pulpit and spoke unfaithfulness. And he gave his testimony. Oh, God took him from cleaning toilets. And he put him into the pulpit. And this man of God has reached many, many nations throughout the earth. And under his ministry, there's been many sons and daughters raised up. A school that has been raised up. A man that has stood for the integrity of God's Word, but also the integrity of the move of the Holy Spirit. An example of faithfulness. And he's been promoted to eternal glory. It was a tragic death. Reverend Ed Dufresne left Kansas. The other morning, on his way to preach in another place, he and his pilot were killed immediately in an airplane crash. I know for sure that Ed Dufresne, Minister Ed Dufresne, Reverend Ed Dufresne, heard these words, Ed, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter in the joy of the Lord. We mourn his death but we really celebrate his life. Because the greatest celebration and the greatest thing I can say about Dr. Ed Dufresne, he was a man of faith, integrity, faithfulness, and a mighty man of the Holy Spirit. Do you want that to be your testimony when you leave? No, I don't believe that we're going to die tragic deaths, and I don't believe that. And I don't understand everything about that. But I do know that there will come a day either where the trumpet will sound or we'll breathe our last breath. And the only things that really matter is what we've done concerning eternity down here. So live your life with an eternity view in mind. And be faithful. You know what? You're not called to do it all. I'm not called to do it all. But we're all called to do something. So what do you say? We do it with all of our heart. And we do it with all of our might. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for Dr. Dufresne's family. We hold them up during this time, Lord, of, of grief and sorrow. And Father, we trust the Holy Spirit to minister to Nancy, to minister to Graham, to minister to Stephen. To minister to his daughters, both naturally and spiritually, sons and daughters. We ask that you would minister to the whole Fresh Oil congregation. And we pray that an outpouring of your spirit, an outpouring of your grace, and an outpouring of your comfort would fall upon that ministry family. Just go ahead and pray just for a few moments. We offer our supply of the Spirit. In the name of Jesus, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we give you praise. And Lord, as your word has gone forth today, I know that you're dealing with hearts. I know you've been dealing with my heart in recent days about faithfulness and being more faithful than ever before. So I know that you're dealing with the lives and the hearts of the people in this congregation And so simply between you and the Lord, say, yes, Lord. Say, yes, Lord. Pray this with me, Lord. Any area of my life that I have not been faithful in, I make the adjustment today. I judge myself of that. I heard the word today and my faith has been built up. I choose to be not out of religion, not out of keeping the law, but under the grace of God. I choose to be more faithful in these days ahead, in these years ahead, than ever before. Lord, I thank you. What you give me. I will richly value and I will steward the graces and the gifts you have placed on the inside of me. I choose to be more faithful than ever before. I receive my strength. Spirit of the living God, strengthen my mind. strengthen my heart heart. and strengthen my life life. so that when adversity comes my way way, I shall not faint. I believe believe you have a rich harvest harvest. for me for for my life for my my family family, and for my church. church. I'll I'll not be deceived. My God is not mocked. I believe that what I have sown, I shall reap. I take authority over any weariness. I take authority over any demonic force. In the name of Jesus, I bind you. And now I release the power of God. The increase of strength strength. in my life. Stand up and just lift your hands up and just start praising him right now. Glory to God. Hallelujah.